This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey everyone and welcome to what is an incredibly special edition of the Always Wolves podcast, 100 episodes and we're joined tonight uh, by my co-host Manny, how you doing mate? I'm fine and thanks for having me here again. Brilliant, Paul Mansell. Hello everyone, congratulations on 100 episodes. Jason Guy. Living the dream next to my hero here. <laughs> I know, and myself and we've got Wolves literal legend sitting next to us. Andy Thompson, 451 appearances for the club, 50 goals. Tomo, welcome to make your debut. Thank you very much. On the Always Walls podcast. Yeah, thank you very much for Tomo, having me. Tomo, there's <laughs> only one Tomo. There's <laughs> only one Tomo. There's only one Tomo. Now, before we get started, I just want to say the reason that the podcast started, my friend that sat next to me for 20 years, um, Bill... He passed away two years ago, and uh, one of the things that he, from bowel cancer, very, very suddenly, one of the things he always used to say every time we, uh, we left was always wolves, and that's how the podcast came to, uh, to be in fruition. And now, of course, the channel's changed its name to Always Wolves Fan TV as well. He would be incredibly proud, and um, I'm very, very proud um, that we've got to 100 episodes. So fantastic. Uh, in memory of uh, Bill, we still think about you every day, mate. Uh, we're going to be covering uh, today, we're going to be uh, talking about how Wolves have done since Bruno Large got sacked um, and obviously how Steve Davis has coped. We, of course we're going to be talking and getting well in depth on uh, the appointment of Julian Lopetegui. We're going to be asking who could finish below Wolves and we're going to be of course talking about the World Cup and we're going to talk a little bit about VAR. I think actually we should kick off with uh, VAR after the result um, and from the weekend, the 2-0 and the VAR decision. What did you think about that, Tomo? Uh, <laughs> straight into it. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah the polite answer. Um, I just think that, so like, um, I know I, I get a little bit of stick off uh, Mikey on the radio about talking about decisions, refereeing, but again, just watching uh, the incident where... I think we should have had a penalty before Arsenal have scored. 
uh, was disappointing because not even to be looked at or a decision yeah. made as quick as it was. Um, it just shows you about the inconsistency about what's going on with it. Um, look, I think VAR is a, a great bit of equipment, uh, but I think it's just badly run at the moment with it. And I just think that something's got to be done with the amount of problems that they've had with it. It's always been uh, controversial about what's going on with the uh, decisions, inconsistency. Yeah. Um, but again, it's it just shows you that you're looking at it and it just seems that the, the smaller clubs seem to get penalised a lot more than the bigger clubs with the with the big decisions, i.e. not getting a penalty or not even having it looked at uh, at the beginning. Jason, your thoughts on that from the weekend? <sighs> yeah, I, I didn't go to the match. I'm a plastic supporter, but my daughter was in hospital. I did yeah. have a, an excuse and I watched it at home with my son. He was asleep in no time, by the way. But Andy's quite right. That was a stonewall penalty. It wasn't even looked at, and this is the inconsistency of VAR. And that effectively could turn and change the game for Wolves, give us a bit more confidence. Um, and it's like I said, the, and it, it's interesting to say more and more people are saying that the, the bigger clubs are being favoured with these decisions. And the more you look at it and the more you watch it, you can't actually disagree with that so argument. It's being questioned a lot, so, isn't it? Paul, I know, do you think some decisions like that as well? Because obviously you, you're doing a psychology degree and all that sort of how do you think that affects the mentality of the players when decisions like that go against you all the time it seems yeah I think the first thing to say about that decision is you can forgive the referee at the time for missing it I was sat in the north bank and it didn't really because I was the wrong side of the player same with us same with us I didn't really think oh that's a stonewall penalty but then when you watch it back on the video all the Sky Sports pundits as well everyone was unanimous and that makes you think well how have they not awarded us a penalty and being so early in the match as well, it could have given us a real platform to have something to hang on to and, and cause Arsenal problems on the break. So I think it did play a role in the in the game. But what I will say to, to try and defend VAR slightly, controversial. Boom. <laughs> um, I think we've had a couple of decisions given to us recently which we wouldn't have got if there wasn't a VAR. So talking about the penalty against Forrest penalty against Brighton I wasn't uh, jumping up and down on the sideline demanding penalties for those and we did get a penalty on both occasions so um, I don't I think there's a lot of room for improvement with it but I don't think it's been 100% bad for us in every case but I think Saturday just magnifies that you know we're feeling a bit sad about about that. Manny do you think the fact that we had Atwell as the ref and uh, our very close friend Mike Dean on VAR played a role? You know what, we was playing the leaders anyway. It was going to be a tough match regardless. And when you see those two names on the referee's team sheet, your heart just sinks, you know. And it's the same every year. Where are the new referees? How do they get appointed? How do they, you know... Um, I think Tom made a point there about VAR. It's not the equipment. It's the people who are running the equipment. Yeah. And these are the same referees who make bad decisions on the pitch. And now we've put them in the VAR room... That decision was probably, possibly the worst. It's, I actually looked at it on Sky today. At six minutes, 51 seconds, Guedes gets fouled. Seven minutes, 28 seconds, it's decided that there's no nothing to look at. 35 seconds later. Now, there was an offside and there's a foul. So both of those decisions should have took at least a minute each minimum. 
you know, we've seen VAR decisions take three or four minutes. So how the hell have they decided in 35 seconds there's nothing to look at? And that's where, you know, people start thinking, whoa, is it because it's Arsenal? Are we not going to look at it because it's Arsenal? Let's just quickly carry on and there's nothing to see. Because if we show it on the camera and if we show about six or seven angles of it with a VAR monitor, then we've got to be seen to making a decision and they've decided to take the easy way out and not make a decision at all and just carry on with play. So that was horrific because there's not one person who's ever played the game or managed or whatever that would have said that that was not a penalty. It was a stone. And he wasn't offside, was he? Because it wasn't offside. It was no, Stevie Wonder actually looked at his <laughs> VAR at home, and he give it. <laughs> what I mean, it's not just that, is it? Your Wolves fan for singing at one point that was off. You send him off because, like. We had some of our players that were fouled, were given a um, were not given a card against, and then just after that, the Arsenal players seem to have a very similar situation, and we, the yellow card comes out. I mean, from from a, obviously playing, how does you know? It's it's frustrating, without doubt. It's frustrating watching it, um, and again, we talk about inconsistency, and, and again, I know VAR, but we're looking at the uh, the inconsistency about officiating the games. Um, all you want is a level playing field um, with both teams. Um, two of our lads get booked for pulling back. One of their lads does it, doesn't get booked, um, and it just frustrates players. It just frustrates players because you saw some of the players going around the officials saying, "Like, well, this needs to be done. How can they get away with it and not us?" Um, so you can understand the frustration about it, especially when things are going against you uh, and results aren't great. Um, you get more frustrated, but it's. All you want is consistency across the board with the officials, but just at the moment, it just doesn't seem uh, the way that things are going. And and again, with the VAR, with the running of that, do they want to upset their colleagues when a decision is given? Who knows? Uh, but it just looks like I'll go and tell them, go and have a look at the monitor, I don't want to make a decision. They're there to do a job, they're there to make a decision, make it easier for the on-field uh, official, but they just seem to fob it off a little bit on it but again the Salah kids they say that it all evens itself out it just seems a little bit harsh at the moment yeah. that it, it feels like it isn't at the minute but like um, look it's, it's a great piece of equipment but it, it's got to be managed a lot better and it's got to be done a lot better than what it is rugby don't have a problem with it um, you've got cricket they've got it and I know there's grey areas in football about tackling about decisions and various other elements of it but and something needs to be done about it. The need to set some guidelines or rules or change the people. Do you think players need uh, ex-players need to be in the? BAR I was just about to say maybe they've got to they've got to look at that. They've got to have the advice. Look, a lot of referees haven't played the game. I say that they've done a lot of officiating to build their way up through the ranks, and I just think that having somebody there, players, uh, you don't know what players, but it just gives them a look at from a player's point of view, about what is going on on the pitch. We've seen players diving, we've seen players jumping uh, out the way or getting a foul. And I think that it just gives that um, little bit of experience of actually playing at that level and playing against that uh, competitive element on it as well. So I just think that something's got to be done, without doubt, because every week it just always just to see, seems to be not the game, VAR, VAR, and all the time, and 
and we should be talking about the game, and that, that's been the problem with it as yeah. well. You, and you potentially created yourself a job there, Andy. Andy I reckon, <laughs> yeah, we should go Andy for it. Andy Thompson down at Stockley Park. <laughs> do the Wolves games, Andy. Yeah, do the Wolves. I won't be biased. I won't be biased <laughs> at, at all. Not at all, not yeah. at all. And we want to say, like, if there's any Arsenal fans, we're not trying to be uh, bitter or anything about yeah. it. You're a great team, you know, you're top of the table. But, like, after 10 minutes, if we get that penalty and potentially it's a goal, denying a goal-scoring opportunity, it, yeah. does change, uh, it does change the game. Let's move on now. Um, we're going to ask you first, Paul. Have uh, Wolves improved under the temporary stewardess of uh, Steve Davis? I think to some extent. I think I've seen a bit more of a... A better attitude on, on the pitch but I think it's been a bit up and down so yeah, I don't think you can categorically say yes or no I mean there's been a couple of heavy defeats in there Leicester for example uh, Chelsea um, but I think we have seen some shoots of recovery maybe the darkest moment was that Leicester match and the recovery starts after that so I think we would say there's been a slight improvement what we haven't really seen is a huge improvement in the thing that really matters and that's that's wins. I think we've had um, the cup win, obviously, and we've had the important win over Forest. So we would have liked to have got some more points on the board, mm. but I don't think you could really expect Steve Davis to come in, make huge changes, and have a massive impact and make a shoot of the table. So I think, given the situation he was in, we probably were happy enough with what he's done. Um, and I do, you know, feel a bit sorry for him that he's been chucked into that situation with, you know, a very difficult circumstance. Um, someone quoted that it was like he'd been put in a lifeboat without oars, and he said himself he would have liked it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he would have liked. Bloke. He would have liked to have uh, got a few more points. Manny, your thoughts on? You Steve? know what? Um, if you look at Steve Davis, Jeff Shee sort of admitted today um, that the managerial hunt didn't go as well as it should have, and it took too long, mm. and they did, you know, um, wait till they got Julian in. Um, Steve Davis, would he be appointed as manager, no disrespect to him, to any of the other 19 Premier League clubs? And prob probably all of us would agree no. You know, so he was put in a, a position which was probably beyond his station. Yes, he improved the desire, I thought. I think he improved um, you know, a little bit of passion on the pitch. We saw it was a bit more visible and on the sidelines. But... Under Bruno Large, even though things were wrong behind the scenes, we had the best defence in the league, and suddenly we leak goals for fun under Steve Davis, under his stewardship, and it's not totally down to him, but we do. So, you know, that's a bit of a negative, but on the positive side, we have to give him so much credit in giving us, you know, Hugo Bueno on the pitch, you know, Joe Hodge on the pitch, even Lembekisa on the pitch. Yeah. These, these players would not have played if it wasn't for Steve Davis, because he knows them, he's blooded them. Hugo Bueno's made that left back spot he looks his every, own. He looks every inch of <laughs> He's, he's the best, best fullback we've had since he's Andy Johnson. And he can cross. <laughs> he can, well, there you go, it's right. It's a good job he's sitting there, yeah. <laughs> and he can cross There's the money being well. exchanged under this table. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, good, it's right, Jason, your thoughts? Um, listen, Steve Davis got completely Terry Connard, didn't he? Yeah. He got chucked right under that bus that Brian Law was driving. <laughs> Let's be completely <coughs> honest, um, talk about the managerial hunt, there wasn't a plan and we've spoke about this when they sacked Bruno Large, he took the job on because seemingly you know, he was the only person that, that, that was there to do it, um, he's done a reasonable job, 
in terms of you know he's, he's, he's kept the side together but the, the most important thing for me is that the youngsters that he's blooded in mm. and like you said Bueno now who is you know you can see that he can fit into this team comfortably for the rest of the season there's the, the, the other young lad Lembiska is it yeah um, there's been an opportunity given to to, to Bubakar Traore um, I know we just signed him but he's giving people opportunities as well which seemingly he's, might have not got an opportunity yeah. Joe Hodge um, he's a player as well absolutely so that was good to see but he works on the training ground with these players week in week out these young players I just hope well I'm sure he will do go back to doing what he's good at working with the young players and then we can see some more of these youngsters bloody through absolutely and what, what are your thoughts Tom on uh, Steve uh, look so I think he's had a difficult job coming in um, looks like boyhood uh, Wolves fan um, be proud to take over it so probably not in the circumstances that he had it but again with injuries uh, with players being out suspensions what have come into it as well uh, it's been tough for him so and credit to him um, he stuck at it with his hands well one hand tied behind his back um, a little bit with it as well but look he's come in he's tried to do his best shot great that we've uh, bloody some young lads coming through it's given an opportunity it's give uh, the fans an opportunity to see what we've got as well um, with the academy so it, it was always going to be tough it was always going to be tough um, but he handled it really well spoke really well when he's done his interviews um, and he's come across really well but again it, it all comes down to results and it, it's been tough for him I, I think it's been tough but again I think that he's handled it well uh, just unfortunately, couldn't get the results that we needed to just uh, before this break. Absolutely, and he's handled himself with such integrity as well yeah. all the yeah. way through it. With a, you know, and he's good a win Wolf. against Leeds as well. Oh yeah, kept us I mean, in the cup. Look, you know, that, and he he deserved that, didn't he? Yeah. Really, he did. did yeah, he did deserve that. What a goal from Bubakar Traore as well. I mean, what are you? Th I mean, talking about Hugo Bueno because like, I just think he's been an absolute rev revelation. Yeah, Bubakar Traore. Yeah. In yeah. the middle, he's, yeah, young lad, um, and I know they say like Neves and Matinho are in there, and say like um, Nunes as well. Yeah, they've been good players. Uh, Mateus been injured um, going out, and it was an opportunity for him, and, and that's what it's all about. When people get injured or people get left out because of form, there's always opportunities for people to, and you got to come in and take your chance, and that's what he's done. Mm. He's come in, he's shown that he's eager. Yeah. He can get round the field, and what he's done he's now. Got an engine, hasn't yeah. Oh, well, we needed it. I yeah. think that we needed it in there um, because you look at the Premier League. Premier League, there's quality players throughout that, and that's one of the areas that we probably would have was missing a little bit. Mm. Uh, we've got enough experience in there, but probably it gives us that little bit more legs in there as well. So, but I think he's done really well. Um, still a lot to learn. Still a lot to learn. He's good, he's going to gain experience, um, but. I just think that when he's come in, he's shown what he can do and what he can um, offer the team. So, yeah, he's done well. And I'll tell you what, because he's, he's a disruptor and he's, he, he has such joy in closing and trying to get the tackle in. But, like, some of his close control as well, you yeah. saw it at the weekend. Yeah, brilliant. He's got that as well, you know. He's, a, You know what? He's a fabulous midfield player. I just think, you know, for all the criticism, Wolves quite rightly do get for spending a hell of a lot of money on Nunes, Guedes, you know, Fabio Silva last year, that's 100 million quid, and there's three players we haven't really seen anything from. The best now, of, yeah. and, now, and now we've picked somebody up from the French second division 
for next to nothing. Well, he's on loan. You know, he's on loan, but it, you know, I'm pretty sure it'll, it won't be a huge. It's about six, you know, eight million it's, euros. It's absolutely nothing. Yeah. And and he he does exactly. He wins the ball. He presses first. Then he wins the ball. Then he keeps the ball. And then he passes it to another player of his own and team. And he's not afraid to That's, shoot. <laughs> you know, yeah, he's he's a premium for that. Yeah, we would, yeah. And it, and it's just exactly what you need in the middle of the park. Martinho has been a wonderful, wonderful servant. But you can see he can't get around that pitch. Yeah. Like you know, it just gives your legs in there, doesn't it? That's the yeah, thing. Yeah, and he he's the one. He's 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 on somebody's back straight away. He's got a foul in him. We know that, and he gets the the yellow card. But I think we'll have to live with that because he's there on your toes. He's he's not giving anybody a second. He seems like he's got an infectious character yeah, as well. well. The, the goal, the joy. Well, yeah. Would it be fair to say though that he's got a bit more hunger than yeah. some of the other players? Because yeah. listen, there is players there who know. That, that Wolves isn't the holy ground for them and they can move on whereas he's come in and he looks like he wants to be here he looks hungry he's playing with a smile on his yeah. face you could say the same for Hugo Bueno as well yeah. I think on absolutely, that well. absolutely. Literally. these players are taking their opportunities they haven't come with a massive prize tag neither and I think that makes a difference mm. absolutely well you know I think you know Steve you know we appreciate that you've held the fort and stuff like that for you and uh, for us and uh, well done on doing as best as you can in fact Steve Davis is in Tomo's pocket because <laughs> Tomo only marked him out the game in the Sherpa Van Trophy final. Oh, that's true. That's true. We don't want to talk about that it. That is absolutely true as well, yeah. Yeah, we did an interview with him, uh, was it last year or the year before? And I, I kindly reminded him, so he's, uh, he's always nice. Brilliant. <laughs> that's just class. Well, obviously, Wolves have finally got their man uh, at the third time of asking, third time lucky. Uh, J-Lo, Julian Lopetegui is coming. Paul, what's your impressions of him so far? Very positive. Um, I think a big factor as well that we need to take into account is that this third time round, he's actually approached us, yeah. which I think says a lot about his intentions and about his desire to come and make a difference. He's not coming knowing that we're on the cusp of European football and you know knocking on the door of the Champions League spots. He knows exactly our situation, yet he still approached Jeff Shee again, having turned us down in October. And he he's proactively sought us out so I think that says a lot about his character which which pleases me he seems to have an aura about him when he was walking around the pitch uh, before the match on Saturday um, he seem he appears very confident and why wouldn't you be when you've won a Europa League when you've managed Real Madrid when you've managed Spain he undefeated with Spain yeah. as well you are a world-class manager if you have managed at that level so I think it's a massive coup for us that we've managed to get him and if he can't save our season, then I really don't know who can. So my initial impressions are very positive, and I think he's brought a sense of hope again back to the back to the supporters. Because uh, can you imagine now going into this break, you bottom, there's no manager still. How would we all be feeling? I think at least it'd be a totally in, different podcast, probably. Yeah, we, <laughs> obviously we're concerned and we're we're worried, but I think we have hope again now, and he's a big reason for that. Manny. It's a, probably the highest profile football manager we've probably ever appointed. Spain and Real Madrid, you don't get a better <laughs> CV than that. You know, if you turn up for an interview and say, who have you managed then? Oh, Spain and Real Madrid, well. okay, where, where do I sign? And that's it, you know. And so, and it, when he went to the World Cup and then he was, he'd agreed to go to Real Madrid and Spain got rid of him, didn't they, before the World yeah. Cup because they'd heard that he was going to Real Madrid. So, you know, Real Madrid, don't disappoint anybody. Yeah. 
they've got the pick of the world and they decide to go for him you know so it's quite a privilege to have him here and he's took a bit of a risk he's come to the Premier League which is obviously somewhere he wanted to manage but he's come to a club that are rock bottom you know and have got a lot of problems but he must be confident and he's he's brought in a, a big team of people we saw them looking like the you know they were all in their suits uh, on the pitch today and and they do look the business don't they and I'm pretty sure when he walks into that dressing room you know knowing the CV he's got he's got that immediate where you look up and think oh listen to this bloke <laughs> you know isn't this is got press this isn't the academy end. coach that's taking us over for a training session this is you know an inter international coach so I think really important that he started today if it, he could have easily had said to Jeff just give me another six weeks or give me another four weeks and I'll start on 1st of Jan and then we would have had all this time where we would have all been mm, thinking oh, what's going to happen He's coming straight away. He wants to work with the straight. He's, he's given the pl players some time off. He's, he's told him that he wants them in. The benefit is we have only got, what, four players or three players at the World Cup. Yeah. So the majority of the squad will be here with him. Um, he wants to look at them uh, before he, I think he decides where we need to strengthen. I think he most definitely knows that we need to strengthen. We've scored eight goals all season. Yeah, you know, by coincidence, we need to strengthen. And we're going to come on to that as part yeah. of this in a bit. So, yeah, um, impressions are good so far, but they're all, like he said in the interview today, when he was, you know, doing the fist pumps to the, the South Bank on his walk, that's okay, but he wants to do it after a match, after yeah. we've won, and that's where it matters, you know. All these impressions are great, but he's still got to produce. Absolutely. And uh, Jason? Yeah, I think uh, he's been... Uh, touted and spoke about as an elite manager and that's yeah. quite true so the last international manager that we had managed Wolves was Graham Taylor mm. who obviously Andy Thompson played under and I just hope he gets more time than Graham Taylor and Graham Taylor was an unbelievable manager and I think we've got another one here yes uh, it, it hasn't come easy like you said it's the third time of asking but I also think demands have changed you know I think that maybe the deal wasn't quite right for, for both parties initially and I think they've both now realised that to get the man, especially from Wolves' point of view, they've had to maybe give more, not financially, but uh, leeway with his backroom team. I heard that was a stumbling block. I might be wrong. Um, clearly, his personal circumstances have changed. And, and right now, I think we're very lucky to have him as manager. Um, you could see just yesterday what he brought. Um, you know, his enthusiasm, I believe, is going to be infectious. And what we've missed massively since... Since Nuno, no, he's a he's a man manager, and I think he's got that quality in yeah. abundance. Absolutely, someone that can give someone a kick up the backside or put an arm around the shoulder. Yeah. Now you've obviously played under various managers, and you've seen changes of manager. Uh, obviously, your impression on him, and, and what's the psychology now would be within the, the dressing room? Would you say? Oh, it's going to be a massive uh, boost to him. So it's a manager coming in, like I said, with the credentials that he's got as well. Um, I just think that. It's come at the right time. I think that the appointment was a great time. With the break coming up as well, it's given an opportunity, as we've just said there. There's probably four players who've gone to the World Cup. Um, so the majority of players are going. He's going to head to a training camp in Spain. Um, and look, he's going to have a great opportunity to work with them and to put all his things in place. And it's given enough time to do it because basically he's got a pre-season yeah. to do it. Um, and, and that's what it's all about. He's got to make sure that he gets the right um, formation. I know you're going to talk about it in a bit, but just formation to suit the players, what he's got at the moment. I know 
it's going to be pretty close coming to the transfer window in January and I'm sure that people will be coming and going maybe but you've got an experienced manager who knows what he wants we're hoping that he's going to give the team an identity because I think one of the things at the moment I don't think that's something that we haven't got because um, if you ask most people tell me how Wolves play they probably couldn't tell you um, but again it's it's about making sure that we get this team organised getting this team right for the games mentally uh, which is a massive part of it uh, especially with confidence with the results that have gone against them it's given that opportunity to, to work with them and there's nothing better for a manager to come in uh, clean canvas about everything and I know we've said it before but he's got an opportunity to have a look at the players and we've said about we've got a good squad but he's got to prove that we've got a good squad and he's probably the right man to do it absolutely I mean absolutely I mean going to come to you next Manny on this and take the new next two questions together actually what does he need to do and what formation back four or back five what does he need to do he needs to get us off the bottom of the table I think that's the most important thing is to lift it you know when you're at bottom rock bottom when we were joint with Nottingham Forest you know even though we were joint well, bottom gold, it's just you're still above aren't you and now you're bottom you know and we're adrift so you know the most important thing is to get us out of there and because we're not a million miles away from being out of there a couple of wins and suddenly you're you know five or six places above so that's the first thing so that's what he needs to do because the the longer if it's one match two match three matches four matches suddenly we've played 20 games and we're still in the bottom one or two and then you know football changes very quickly the the great Spaniard in Real Madrid you know high credential manager is under pressure straight away so he's got to act very quickly and he's got to change it he's got to have you know new managers have this bounce don't they in a lot of clubs we've seen with them locked down the road with the villa you know in emery's come in and suddenly bang they've won a couple of games they're probably desperate for this break not to have come because they they went on a roll so we've got to have that we've got it he's got to hopefully get his players some of them back a little bit fitter you know obviously costa's served his ban Raul nobody knows but he's still mentioned today in his press conference he would like to see him back playing for the team well, because we, he's, we he's still yeah Raul so he needs to and most importantly we are not going to stay up if we only score the amount of goals we scored in these 14 games you know Is if that's 10? a ratio eight I mean, eight, eight, eight league goal, goals eight goals eight goals yeah i was gonna say that's horrific it doesn't matter you know you're putting your defense under pressure to keep a clean sheet every single game. Yeah. Not even Man City do that. They conceded two. Not even Liverpool do that. You're asking the defence, which are a young defence, yeah. to keep a clean sheet every yeah. single game. But it's always been a problem, yeah. say, since... Yeah, yeah. Um, um, since Bullock. Fouse had come in. Yeah. We've always had a problem with scoring, scoring goals. goals. Yeah. But what we had, we didn't give much away either. Mm. So yeah. if you've got a, a combination of don't give nothing away, but you're only scoring goals, it puts a lot of pressure on your back, back line and, and that's what's happened. We can't keep clean sheets, but we can't score either. So at least when we had that before, we could keep clean sheets, but we was getting the goal or the couple yeah. of goals. But that's one bit of the big problem. We've got to stop uh, conceding goals. We've got to stop leaking goals for the big thing. Do you think, you know, a big issue has been we've had wing-backs playing as full-backs and they've not felt comfortable yeah, so look, look, say it doesn't suit everybody, does it? Um, 
and that's the problem as well. So like you, you look at what we had with Doherty, we had then that right hand side. He was, he was ideal for the position, was it? Because people always spoke about him saying like, oh, he's not the best defender. But I tell you what, once we changed that formation, he was probably one of our most effective players, attacking wise as well. Um, and look, it, it was always going to be a problem once we started to change the formation or we wanted players to come in uh, and look it's the way that things go that players get moved on or players move but sometimes it can be unsettling for the, the formation that we're playing I, I just think that he's going to find out in these five six weeks about what formation he wants to play because he's going to have to sort out a formation that's going to suit the players that he's got at the moment mm. uh, either it's a back four or a back five um, he saw with a back five the other evening when he comes to the game. So he's going to find out on this training camp what he thinks is going to benefit the club, the team, uh, to get results. Because the first thing you've got to do is stop conceding goals and, and say, because it's always going to give you a, a platform to build on to get something. You can win a lot of games 1 0, um, but if you keep conceding, we, we aren't good enough to chase games at the moment. I mean, if we keep conceding, we're not scoring more than one goal, generally. No. I mean, um, we know that Lopetegui generally likes to play a back four. I think mm -hmm. he has played a <coughs> back five in uh, La Liga against the likes of Barca and Real Madrid. He's done that. He's quite pragmatic in that way. Jason, your thoughts on what you're looking for straight off? Well, I've heard when he took the job on, he was looking at the league table upside down. <laughs> Listen, You're going to come back with the strongest team in the, in the uh, league, are you? Jason's jokes here. I couldn't, I couldn't agree you know, with any more than what the guys have said. Um, and I don't want to say this, Paul, because you don't want to hear it, but it is a huge job that he's, he's got on his hands. With regard to the formation, I personally think the way we play or the way... The, the, the players we've got. Bearing in mind, we've got a fan. He's inheriting a really, really <coughs> individually some good players. They're just not gelling together, just not playing yeah. together. We lost a load of leaders in the summer. We know yeah. who they are. Yeah. We've lost a lot of players. So he's inherited on paper what seems a good team, but he has got to get them playing. Um, he's going to obviously add his own personnel, which we're going to speak about. With, with regards to the formation, it's very important that, that when you've got wing backs, that um, you use them to the best of their capabilities. If you're playing a back four with wing backs, it is a danger. You know, there's, there's no cover. There's there's, mm. there's not the left-sided defender who can move to to, to fall back and, and vice versa. We've got a very young defence at the minute with Bueno, Kilman, and Collins as well. Um, so I think with a back five, with the, the wing backs either being Bueno or being Semedo on the one. I mean, Semedo when in that back five looked a better player. Yeah, he straight is. away. Because yeah. he's got he's got more got cover yeah. defensively. So, so you know, from, yeah, yeah, because he, he's not an out and out defender. No. Bueno doesn't look like an out and out defender. Ain't Nori definitely isn't an out and out defender. Johnny probably is, but the other guys aren't. So I think we've got to play to our strengths. I go for a back five, but I wasn't in that seat today taking the job on. Well, it was interesting certainly the other night. Uh, Lopetegui coming for his first game. And all of a sudden, we changed the formation. It'd be interesting to see. He did have about a very, very long chat with. Uh, with uh, yeah, so that might have been one of the discussions about changing yeah. the formation with the way that we've conceded goals and the manner that we've conceded goals. Yes. As he changed that formation, just saying, look, maybe we might be better off going like this, especially against Arsenal's front line, who are a problem and going we were, forward. And we did well in the first I half. I thought, really I thought we, we did. We, we did. Uh, Martinelli uh, and Saka, I thought that we played really well against them. Um, because they're two of their big main threats 
on the wings. They've caused teams problems this year, but I thought that the two lads handled it really well, uh, Bueno and uh, Samedo. And look, it's it's all about trying to do it, but you've got to focus for 90 minutes. That's the, that's the problem. We switched off for the goal in the second half, where we've got caught again with a 1-2, which teams seem to be catching us all the time. And look, inexperienced maybe, or at the back, it could possibly be that, but again, it's something that the manager has seen. I'm sure he's watched videos. He's watching and, training videos oh, without, as well, without, Yeah, well, I saw him when he went to the training ground on the before the game the other night. And he was up on one of the towers, what they did the video and off, watching the training session as well from a distance. But look, he'll have done his homework. He's come here as an experienced manager. He's not just going to come in and go, okay, I'll have a look at you now. He's done his homework on everything that we play. Um, our games, probably over the last month or so, he's probably looked at um, in detail with his coaching staff. As I said, somebody touched on, I think he's brought six coaching staff with him. Um, and two, look, two of those are fitness coaches as well, yeah, apparently. Yeah, well, look, if you're coming into a job and you're the number one priority, what they want, you've got to give them the tools to get it right. And that's, that's the thing with it. He's come in, he's gone, OK, if you want me, this is what I want because this is what I need to make this club successful or to get results where I need. And, and by, are you going to go? OK, fine, you can have it. He's always been the number one choice. Was it six years ago? Yeah. So, look, comes with a wealth of experience, high-level uh, manager. So, give him everything, and they've done that. Now it's up to him now to show that he can do it. It's interesting, Dave, what you said about the fitness coaches, because fitness has been a, a bit a huge thing for me. What I've been watching, where we do not as fit as we half, used to be. End of the second half, we just do seem to switch off a little. We haven't bit. scored a goal after the 60th minute this season. After the 60th minute, we haven't scored a goal. Yeah, because you look at when... Thanks for cheering me up again, Manny. I've got <laughs> loads, mate. You look, at when Nuno, you look at when Nuno come in, that was one of the things that we did really well. We, came we back. finished every game. Every game. Injury time, or whatever it was. We, we, we were never we, out we went, to, we, yeah. went, we always went right to the end. Yeah. Um, and teams struggled against us. They, they did. Yeah. And we, we did get a lot of late goals. And maybe that might be an issue of it. That might be an issue... What, something that we need to work I think, on I think definitely. Um, but also as well players age as, as the years go on um, and I know it's, it's quite a young squad as well inexperienced if you look at that bat line so it's something that they're going to have to work on if you're going to get a high tempo game your players have got to be fit you, got, you saw the, the, the other day players going down with cramp and look I don't know it's a natural thing but these things what we didn't really see that much of when Nuno was in charge when he got his players right um, and the way that we played we we, we give anybody a game in this league yeah. um, and that was what you knew coming into every game right to the 90 yeah exactly yeah, and, and that was the beauty of it everybody knew we'd give anybody a game from the top to the bottom we'd do the right thing um, and that was the beauty of watching them Paul um, we're going to come on what do you think about like uh, as you said he's brought in we saw the picture of the coaching staff today. And there's obviously a question mark over Tony Roberts as well. Obviously, he's going to be going away to Wales. Obviously, he was a set peach coach. What's your uh, your thoughts on what he's done so far and what should happen with Tony Roberts? Sounds to me like they're doing the right thing by wanting to have a look and seeing what he can offer. I think it might be a knee-jerk decision just to straight away chuck him out. 
work with him for a few weeks and they can get a feel for what he can offer. But my problem um, that I've had this season with Tony Roberts is I believe he's meant to be responsible for our set piece. Yeah. Um, we haven't scored one. And aside from penalties, defensively <laughs> and attacking wise, we've, ne- we've, ne- we've never been really prolific no. on go- um, no, set no, plays no. anyway. No. When you're struggling for goals, especially from open play, you really have to maximise those set piece opportunities. Yes. We've got some very good technical players who can deliver a good ball. Our delivery's been awful, though, hasn't it? Our delivery's been terrible. No. I'm seeing a lack of creativity. We haven't really even looked like scoring from a set piece. No. So I think there's big questions for him to answer on why that's not been the case. Because yeah. it's not like it's one or two matches into the season. 15 matches in now, we're over a third of the way of the season in. We haven't scored from a set piece. Tottenham have scored nine, I think. Is that right? Yeah. Um, you know, and that's more than we've scored total goals. Uh, I know. So <laughs> I, I'd love yeah. to know. <laughs> Sorry, depressing <laughs> you again, uh, yeah. Jason. That picture's painted, I think. Yeah. Why isn't it a higher up on our priority list, and what <coughs> what is he doing in this process? So, what should he do with him? I think he should have a look because players do speak highly of his. Uh, personality and his he's a big personality yeah. we've lost a lot of personality he's but that personality ain't winning us games is he not win games you know, if he stays he'll probably just be the goalkeeper coach yeah. you know he will take responsibility of set pieces because he was involved in the defensive side of set pieces not just the attacking yeah. winning the second ball and 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 I think for a start Last year, didn't it we go? We did. We went so far yeah, up to that time where February. you know we, we got up to the top six and we thought, oh bloody hell, you know, and and we hadn't conceded a, a set piece for a long, long time, but something's gone wrong and it hasn't worked and they haven't been able to find a way out. Yes, I, I, I do feel sorry for him in a way, you know, in the striker situation. Raul, nobody knows what's happening. You got. Lojic collapsing, you know, um, Costa, a bit Head of a knee jerk. So we haven't really had a target man with any consistency for a long period of time, which you need to play good, you know, set pieces and somebody with movement. We don't see the run to the near post, the run to the far post, someone pulling away. We don't see the natural striker movements in a box. We don't do it no. because we haven't got one, yeah. <laughs> you know. So that doesn't help with set piece delivery. But I can see Tony Roberts might stay there as a goalkeeper coach. I don't know if any of the, the Julian Lopetegui is a keeper back in as well. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah was a, he was a keeper. Have, we like we like the keepers, don't we? Yeah. There. So, um, but I can't see him being involved in any of the set pieces because, you know, it was, I think there was a match on yesterday as well, and they brought it up on there. I think it was United game. They said United had only conceded. One set only scored one set piece all season, which is just one behind Wolves who have got zero. And I thought, bloody hell, turn this turn this match off, you know. And even in, in games like that, it's a pretty embarrassing stat, you know. Because the but it's also a lot. A lot of it is on the delivery, though, isn't it? Yeah, it is on and, the and, delivery. And so, like, you, uh, yeah. look, there's, uh, you can put training sessions on all you want, but at the end of the day, if they're going out there on the game and not the beating the first man, exactly, yeah. the delivery is not right. Yeah. I said, like, I know the finger's probably been pointed at him because of that, because he's in charge of all that, but you can't uh, justify that saying, hang on a minute, about the delivery when the players aren't getting it right on there as well. And look, for whatever reason, say you don't know, but like, um, that's been one of our biggest problems is missing that first man and the oh. delivery being right. I see you have got a good delivery, Conor Ronan. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. He has, yeah. He's, he's one we haven't mentioned. Um, but, 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 you know, Ronan has. I don't know. He was on corners for the. Um, he for was the, the Leeds game. For the, for the Leeds game. He yeah. was on corners. Yeah. You know, usually you've got the same person on set pieces because they're good. So for ages it was Moutinho. He was our set piece yeah. guy. 
now every match you go into Someone Neto was, was for a bit now Geddes takes them Eight Nuri took a few it's like we're trying different but, things because it hasn't been but, good but the short corners I never got that because the corners are direct crossing to the box and we was with no with nobody who can get near well, them. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what? I get the short corner thing, but not that we did it like nine times out of ten. You just, you mix it up to keep them yeah, guessing. Yeah, and we wasn't you? mixing it up, and we was getting pretty predictable with it. With regards to Tony Roberts, my thought process, I'm going to be quite ruthless with it, and it's out with the old in with the new. Give Lopetegui who he wants, put all his pegs in his holes, and then he can live or die and be judged by the decisions he makes rather than the ones that we're... You know, too often we've done that, kept people on. Listen give him the whole carte blanche of how he wants to do it, a blank canvas, and I think that's the way forward. Absolutely, well said. Bye, Tony. And that is no disrespect to Tony Robbins. Not at he's all. A, he's not a solid, down-to-earth sound guy. He's got the Welsh thing as well. We wish him, obviously, all the it's best. not my decision, at, uh, by the way. <laughs> no, Jason Guy sacks yeah. Tony Roberts exclusive. <laughs> Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Well, we're going to get on to uh, now, which is a bit of a contentious thing. And, you know, he's much loved player. Um, you know, he's been, you know gone through the mill with the, with his head injury but obviously there's been a lot of questions asked recently about what's going on uh, with Raul Raul Jimenez he's been named yesterday or today as being part of the Mexico squad they put him on the bench the other day the day we had a match Tomo what's your thoughts on that? I just think that he's a Wolves player he's getting paid by Wolves to play for Wolves um, it just seems a bit strange that he's been put on the bench for his national team, which which is great. But I think that his priority should have been his club to, uh, club team, um, that he should have been here. If he's fit, he should be involved in the Wolves games until they finish, and then he can go to the World Cup. Great. Um, but look, he's, he got a massive uh, injury, didn't he, against Arsenal uh, with a fractured skull. Um, and it, it's going to knock anybody about but like I said at the end of the day he's come back in I know he, he doesn't seem right at the moment uh, for whatever reason he's got frustrated um, he's picked up a few injuries along the way as well but look there's no doubting about the quality that he's got and what he is as a player to Wolves uh, and you hear him when, he's, when he does play for us what the fans think of him and look I'm hoping he comes back from the World Cup and he's on fire and he plays really well for us um, but he's a player that we need desperate. Uh, he said he'd had a conversation with him, didn't he, as well? Um, but he did actually say at the end of the day, <coughs> Wolves is his priority, or should yeah, be. It is, of course, it is. At the that. end of the day, so like it, Wolves are the team that's paying his wages, 
um, and they want him involved in one that if he's fit he should be here until we haven't got any games left um, I don't know how fit he was when he's gone with Mexico um, I know he's been back to Mexico for rehab um, and I've got no problem with that if he's having rehab in the, the better climate no problem at all but if he is fit or they're about fit he should be with Wolves from my opinion I think that he should be he can go to his national team when he can after the Wolves games are finished but for me his priority should be Wolves Paul we don't know all the facts about the situation well they said they've known he's had this injury for two years this groin or whatever it is and then he had fatigue and stuff like that it's like this also comes into question what we were talking about if that's the case why haven't they strengthened the front line when they've had the chance yeah I mean I think there's three different groups of people that could have managed the situation better. Firstly, from our side of things, I think they've been a bit vague in their communication. Yeah. When you're using the phrases like uh, fatigue, people are going to ask questions because that is quite a vague term. And it's hard to imagine the extent of fatigue when, you know, it's at the start of the season. It's not like he's played 30 games in a row. So that was a bit strange. Secondly, him himself could have managed the situation better social media posts about um, promoting stuff and uh, tweeting about Mexico it just seemed a bit um, well he did put a story up on his Instagram when Wolves got result the other day I think yeah. you know he did put something up on there but I, think, you know. I think he could have perhaps managed that situation better and the Mexico situation they put the hands up for that about naming me. him as a, as a sub he never was going to come on the pitch he wasn't even dressed to play um, but they got that wrong as well yeah. so I think all three parties could have, could have handled it better and I think communication is a big reason and I don't think really we know all the facts as to what has been going on because I think something smells a bit fishy if he has wanted to really distance himself from the club so it does make me worried a little bit Manny? You know what I'm going to defend him a little bit because he's had a lot of Attack, you know, from fans and um, people have pulled him out a little bit, and you know he's he's done beyond what we thought he would do when he first signed for the club. I didn't think he was as good as he turned out to be. He had a horrendous injury, which he could have died on the pitch. Yeah. You know how that affects him. Only he knows, right? Nobody will ever go into his head and and actually wonder how that really affected him. My major problem was every time Steve Davis was asked a question about him, he used to say, I don't know what's happening with Raul. Now, you've got to know what's happening with your player. You should be banging down the doors to your medical department and say, where's Raul? Why isn't he here? And if he's not here, what are the reasons why? So I can tell the press and everybody else, Raul isn't, Raul isn't here because of this situation. Now, he might not have been, with his injuries, he might not have been fit for any of our remaining games. And the next available games that he could possibly be fit for were the World Cup games, which are coming in another week's time. So if that's the situation, well, just tell us. Yeah. Raul will not, be, will not be fit for any of our remaining games. His time frame is about four weeks, which means you know we've told him, go and concentrate on the games that you might be fit for. And that's why he went back to... Mexico a couple of uh, times because Mexico want him to prove his fitness so obviously he's going to be out there kicking balls trying to prove his fitness to play in a World Cup for the last time ever he's going to do that but 
again, we don't know, so we're all second guessing. We're yeah. second guessing what, what has happened. Answers. You know, if he's fit, there's no why he should be there. He should be here. But if he's not fit, that's the reason he's out there because they're the next set of available games that he could possibly play for. Now it's up to either the club to put a statement out or Raoul to put a statement out. But it's very rare that a player will put a statement out and say, well, I'm not fit and I won't be fit until this day. It's usually the manager. The manager will say he's out for four weeks. Oh, OK, we write him off. And then and, you and think, this, oh, OK. This is the reason why <coughs> people get frustrated, yeah. what you're saying, because you're not getting any clear communication. Tom, I think you wanted to say something, and then Jason. Yes, it looks. So, look, um, a fit role is an asset to the club, uh, and that's the thing for me. Um, and look, say his confidence must have been low after that injury coming back. He do, like I said, he he done well to come back. He did um, at all. Um, but look, he's still a Wolves player. He's still after the World Cup. He's going to come back. And as I said, if he plays well at the World Cup, it's only going to benefit us. Hopefully. Yeah, um, so look, so fair dues to him. So look, he's tried to get himself fit for the World Cup. I said we needed some kind of statement off somebody mm. just to say what was going on with him because I think they just needed um, just to make clear about what was going on with him and, and, that, and that's the thing with him so like at the end of the day um, I wish him all the luck in the World Cup uh, and I hope that he just scored loads of goals because we're desperate for him to do for us when he comes back and, <laughs> and, he, and let's and face it and make a fortune <laughs> yeah. well was a complete oh. So head, head the yeah. ball, hold the ball up. He got skills. He could score with both feet. Yeah. He could make <coughs> the right runs. He was a focal point for us. He was brilliant. Yeah, he was a focal point for us, and he was a problem for any teams. And also, as well, it allowed us to actually play that ball up to the the front line, where we knew somebody could either get hold of it, bring players into play. So, like I said, he was the complete centre board for us. And unfortunately, we've uh, we've lost him. We lost him for a while. Um, but I'm hoping that the World Cup. He's going to give him confidence to come back here and play. That's very much hopeful. Jason? Bearing in mind this is a player who, um, for Wolves, has been a record goal scorer in the Premier League. And we've needed him now more than we've ever needed him. We know how poor we are in the striking department. And yes, we are the bill payers. He's in Mexico, wants to play in his last World Cup. I've been looking at it twofold, really. Is he... you, get that he, you get that, though, can't yeah. you? I mean, it's like, what player wouldn't want to play in a World Cup? No, but... And this could be his last opportunity as well. Oh, look, I, I get all of that. But we also need him as well. We're bottom of the league. We're not scoring goals. Yes, it's clearly he's putting country before club. Whichever way we dress it up, he's. Um, he wants to play in what looks to be his last World Cup. Um, he, listen, I thought he was going to go to his swan song World Cup, come back to Wolves play a big part till the end of the season a couple of cameo appearances and hang his boots up and, or maybe go to Club America that was what I was thinking might happen but then his wife came out on social media the other day yeah. and she's confirmed that he's, He'll he's be playing so we're yeah. hearing more off the Mexican national team social media that, that delete their tweets and after Danielle. they put them out by the way yeah. and Danielle Daniela or Daniel whatever yeah. More than we're hearing off anyone at Wolves so that's the thing so we're all second guessing the situation he had a terrible injury um, which, you know, it, it, it's it's. But we we we've got to move on at some point to make a definitive, um, you know, reasoning behind 
what we're doing with our strike force. Are we going to keep hanging on for Raul? What exactly is the extent Regardless of, of whether he gets fit or not, we yeah. need to get somebody in. Yeah. Well, that brings us on really yeah. nicely to the transfer window. So if you want to kick that one off, Jason. Yeah, and I, and I, yeah spine of the team for me. I think we've, we've, we've cut enough wingers and wing-backs and forwards who can play on the right and forwards who can play on the left. But I think it's the spine of the team. We don't need one striker, we need two. Because... Listen, we can't be trusted with one or two strikers. We need minimum two strikers for me. Is that, is that including Costa? That's it, it, Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, well Costa, what's he going to be? I mean, what we've got to think about is, come the end of the season, they're going to give him another contract. I mean, for me, that's sending off Edid when, once again, we need him most. 97 minutes. And he was just board. getting fully fit and he's, as well. Yeah. And he's, and he's <laughs> looked out, looked good, and then, then he and goes again. But that's his ego driving yeah. it. So, look, he, he ain't playing for us next season. This is, is that his first Premier League sending off, though? Ever. Well, yeah. Yeah. Straight red. I think first Premier League, yeah. First Premier League. I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, for cool. me, he should... We always said VAR would catch him out, though. People are going, oh, yeah, but he's showing fight. Yeah, great. Yeah, no, we've got no <laughs> The irony is, yeah. is, every other game he's been taken off early yeah. and he left him on. I bet Steve <laughs> Davis is wishing, I wish I well, took him off, like, because that wouldn't have happened. Exactly that. So, um, yeah, the spine of the team. Um, we can sign Silver back, but that's going to cost us a few mil, so he's probably best Buy our own player back. Yeah. yeah, he's going to end up costing us about 100 million in the end. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when we loan him out next season to Grimsby. But there is, <laughs> so, there's yeah. always a silver lining, mate. The spine. Neves is clearly going at, in whichever window. Matinho ain't lasting forever. Neves ain't going in January, no chance. Well, no, OK. But well, I wouldn't sell him in that, January. No. Yeah. Well, he's going at the end of the season then. Possibly, but you don't know because like, he has that relationship with Julian, you know, back from when he was Porto. seventh quarter. Uh, <laughs> Unless there's a miraculous recovery and we climb up that league We'll win the Carabao Cup and we'll be in Europe. players and we threaten European Remember football. Remember Neves has packed his house up three times, right? <laughs> and given his, and, and given his he's people departing gifts as well. Got. Right, listen, he's Lopetag going to keep him, probably he's got more chance than anyone. Neves has given us six stroke, nearly seven years of his career. He ain't going to keep giving us any more because where are we going to finish at the best this season, 15th? At the I'll very take best. it, mate, I'll take it. Yeah, well, exactly, <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. You know... Uh, uh, Anyway, let's. My point is, we all expect he probably will. Spine go of the team, yeah. Neves, he's, he's going. Matinho ain't gonna last forever. <laughs> you know, we can't be playing him for another four years. And, and, and by the way, he's been a great player for us. Oh, well. unbelievable! Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable! Yeah. But he's he's. Listen, I had to put my ground to sleep last week because his legs are gone. You've got to know when the kindest time to do it is, right? Sorry for the analogy. Matinho to sleep. <laughs> well, no, 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 don't put him down. And then. And then um, we've got some Irish PCA activists coming in. And then, <laughs> and then centre half for me, Collins for me. He's look. I don't want to dig anyone out, but he ain't a twenty million quid centre half. You know. Well, See, I, 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 I would argue the fact that the Kilman and Collins have been exposed because of the fullback positions. I think we should protect. I think a fullback. Possibly, but if we're going, to I think five, a fullback. I think a fullback. I think we need a right back. You need yeah. a right back. I think we need a right oh, back. Oh, yeah, you would say that. What position did you play, Andy? Left back. <laughs> <laughs> and right back. No, but seriously. To finish my question, centre-half as well. I'll, yeah. I just think that we need an experienced, quality centre-half. I think the two lads uh, are young players. Yeah, um, young, yeah. yeah they are young. They are inexperienced still in this in this league. And, um, They're only young as well. Really centre-half. Yeah, young. but look, so look... 
for whatever reason, we didn't go out and get an experienced centre off. We bought a young centre off. They were after Dawson, uh, weren't they? Yeah. Well, they were, but they left it a little bit light as well, didn't they, to go after him? We did but, all our business late. Yeah, but I just think sometimes you've got to think, hang on a minute, I'm just going to go for this player. But I agree with you, straight down the spine, we need experience for me. Um, I think we need. Players that are going to need to, well, we're going to have to spend the money. Yeah. It's, it's a, you want Especially some, in January. Yeah. But look, you ain't, you ain't going to get anybody in January for, and well, it's going to be stupid money, isn't it? So it, it it's, is. But if it's going to keep you in the league, you're going to have to do that. But there's no way on God's green earth is Lopetegui, Lopetegui going to take this job on without if, having without having funds promised to him. I think yeah. that's for definite. I think oh, that would have yeah. been a thing he's like... Or they're going to renege on it and chuck him right under the bus and go, yeah, no money, sorry. Like Dean Saunders. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly that. They, they, they're going to do that, are they? They can't no. not to preserve no. our, our Premier League status. Paul, your thoughts? Yes. I agree with what the lads have just said. Number nine, centre-back right back I think for me his biggest challenge though is getting the most out of the signings that have just come in the summer so Nunes Guedes looks a player yeah, yeah I, th- I looks think a, yeah. a good coach can make a player look at um, Eddie Howe with Almiron as a oh, great he's transformed him yeah. Dan Burn, yeah. Dan Burn, Joe Dan Linton, Burn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Even yeah. Joe yeah. Linton yeah so he's gone from <laughs> centre forward centre mid one of their best players now. Yeah. 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 so it just shows you that somebody coming in who right got a philosophy what he wants yeah. to play and uh, doesn't matter what the players what he's got okay he's brought he's, he's got a bit of money there now but when he initially come in what a transformation they had at the uh, end of last season where you're looking at Newcastle going oh my god you don't want to be playing them because they're going to cause big problems and their confidence is uh, sky high um, yeah, oh it is uh, well it just shows you when you've got team. confidence throughout your squad not just your team you can win at any <laughs> game you go out there Believing you'll win every game, and you, there's nothing better than thinking, "Hang on a minute, we'll give these a game. We'll, well, we should win this game." Don't matter who they are. We've done it when we was playing Man City uh, a couple of years back, where we going against Man City, the team that was knocking everybody else Champions out of the way. The time, yeah, they? and then we gone there, two 0 Traore scoring, yeah. because we got that belief. But we mm. had that belief because we had the quality players there who had a belief and we had an identity. Yeah, yes. we did. We did, um, and and that's what it's all about. We've got to get that back. And, and like I say, it doesn't take much for us to get start dropping. I said this um, to Russell earlier that it's really hard getting yourself up there and keep going uh, consistently. But I'll tell you what, it's so easy just to slide down just by missing a couple of transfer windows mm-hmm. where you don't get players. But all of a sudden, before you know it, we're where we are now, bottom of the league, just because. Possibly we didn't get the ones that we wanted or we didn't pay for the ones we wanted. But I'm sure with this manager coming in, that's all going to change where he's going to go. I want him, him and him. This is what I need to make sure that this team succeeds. And we have got the likes of Neto hopefully coming back as well. Yep. Manny, your Yeah, thoughts? the Newcastle analogy is very interesting because you know they were pretty much suffering um, and then they were took over. And they didn't really go out and then, you know, buy just superstar after superstar. They bought, I think, Chris Wood and, and um, Kieran Trippier was a big signing and Bruno Gumaresh. Um, but they bought Dan Byrne. It was a bit of a journeyman defender, you know. And so sometimes you don't have to buy superstars. We've done that, haven't we, in the summer? We bought 100 million quid. We bought the players. Now, um, Nunes has got goals in him. I'm sure yeah. he can... 
I think in the right team. In the right team, he, he, he score a lot. Of he, goals. We, we, we've yeah. spoken about a midfielder yeah. running from that midfield yeah. area, getting up. Yeah. He's shown us he's Chelsea. Shown, yeah, yeah. Chelsea. Yeah. I thought that he, when he's took the ball and run with the ball, oh, he caused a massive problem. Huge yes. problem. And then I know he's got himself injured, but then when he's come on uh, for some of the games when he was fit again, you can see that potential in him. And I say again, it's just having well, that run in the in the team. He's Portugal of. Named him in their squad, yeah. so yeah. you know that says. I mean, Guardiola called him one of the best midfielders in the world. Guardiola is not an idiot; he can sign anybody in the world, and he decides to call him one of the best midfielders in the world. We've got him at our club. We obviously aren't using him in a way where he's showing. It's crazy to think what yeah. our and, and, really. and Geddes as well. You know, both of those players. He started to come good again he has, towards the end. Yeah. He scored you think the it's goal. A confidence thing. We oh, get it. Yeah, but you know that penalty when if that gets given. You know, I know he's not going to take it, but he's won the penalty yes. after scoring against Brighton. Yeah. And those little things they build on, yeah. and that builds a confidence. And you think, oh, got a player. I here. think that goal against uh, Brighton, I think, was massive for Huge, him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think that gave him massive confidence. Yeah, yeah, but it was. Uh, he could have gone down ex- as well. Exactly my point. The way he got just, across the defender yeah. in. But they say it's been easier for him just to go to ground. Yeah. But what he's done, he's thought, hang on a minute, I'm going to actually get a goal here, and he got it. Yeah. Just rewards. So look, it's great. Yeah, I mean, absolutely what you were saying regarding all of that with the the, uh, the strengthening. I mean, look, I think the money will be there. We're looking, obviously, um, ahead to the Everton game. Oh, they've no. said that during the... <laughs> they've what said that there will be three... They're going to Marbella. We know game. they're going to go for a training camp over in Marbella. Lopetegui's first game is going to be uh, Gillingham in the Cup, which will be interesting. Obviously, depending on how far Portugal go, we want our players to do really well in the World yeah, of course, Cup yeah, yeah. but then yeah. on the other hand if they get knocked out early they come back earlier so there is uh, there is a double edged sword there I mean what are your thoughts I mean we all know what the last away game that we won where was it? 1-0 at Goodison Goodison Park so well, we haven't won an away what game what year was that? we haven't we have not won an away game since Everton so I'm hoping that will be the bookend and that will be the end you of know what I listened to talk sport on the way here sorry and it was all Everton fans ringing up and they were that game that game is big for them is like their be all and end all that is, you could televise that game. Well, it could like put them fight. in the bottom three, though, couldn't it? It, it yeah. pretty much, you know, because they're playing against the bottom club after suffering a, a, a horrendous runner form. They're playing the bottom club. They are expecting to beat the bottom club. We've got a new manager, and we, for us, it's like a must win. We're only four points behind it. We are, but if we lose, we're seven points. So We're not going to lose, we're going to win both, that game. For both clubs, for both clubs, it is a Huge, huge yeah. game. I, f- I just think the but, two games coming up, yeah. Man United as well. Man United, but Big you know game. what? The Gillingham one might be a blessing in disguise because playing Gillingham first is like a comfortable game. You couldn't have asked for a more comfortable game to start off with. At Fingers home. crossed. And no, no. Let, let's be honest. <laughs> you couldn't. If we lose against them, then yeah. pack up shop and take up volleyball, <laughs> volleyball or something. I don't know. They're bottom two. Build apartments. Yeah, well, well. Gillingham are bottom of two of League Two. two They've yeah. scored less goals than us this season. <laughs> We've got a right? chance. We've yes. got a chance. It's going to be yes. nil-nil then. Yes. This would be the last podcast, wouldn't it? But what I'm saying is, he could go into that. Two hundred. He could go into that Everton game having took us to the quarter final of a cup competition in his first game so it's like a feel-good factor we've won a match we've got there so that that first match is really important and that I just think that is you know we've got we've got United at home 
the next match. That's you new don't, year, new Year's you know, you don't want to play United. United at home after having lost to Everton. It just puts so much more pressure again. So I think. And then we've got Villa. Man. We've got uh, <laughs> Gillingham, Everton away, United at home, Villa away, West Ham at home, Suffering. and then we've got Man City. So that's the Easy. that's the start we've got. I think he'll go probably reasonably strong in the Gillingham because I think he'll use that as part of a. Building the momentum for. We well, don't need to rest any players because they won't want to lose that <laughs> first game. Will no, he? he won't want to lose it. But so his first game back, for him to see how the team are, are going to perform after the training session, what they've had in in Spain. So it's, I think he'll play quite a strong team. Yeah. Um, I think that was it a week between the two games as well, Everton, and that. It's so, a week commencing the nineteenth, isn't it? Yeah. The uh, so it'll probably be on the twentieth. Twentieth, I think they've said. Yeah. yeah. If we get any more injuries or suspensions, he might be playing in it himself. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, that's what we're looking for. Do you think we'll? I mean, do you think we'll get a result at the Everton? Everton game? don't score, do they? Everton are just like us. Cody can't play against us either. I think the start of that match is really important. If we score first or at yeah. least start well, their fans will get on their back. Mm. They've had a really bad run and the fans are starting to turn. I Especially think. after them two Bournemouth games, isn't it? Yeah, they've oh. just conceded yeah. seven goals in a week to, to Bournemouth. They haven't got a goal scorer. It's the kind of match I want us to play straight after. It's a great opportunity for us to uh, really close the gap on them. So I think it's something that we should relish and I fancy us. Love yourself. Yeah, massive game. It's a massive game, like you said there. So we get within a point of them if you win. Seven points adrift, unfortunately, if you lose. So it's it's going to be a massive turnaround. And look, everybody's going to know what it means to the club and what it's going to do. Um, you're coming up against a team that's just four from bottom. Uh, we're bottom, um, and it's going to be crucial. It's going to be crucial. With Man United coming up, Villa can go either way, can't it? West Ham at home and then well Manchester. they're another team they're around you know yeah. they're on a well they're talking about yeah uh, David Moyes getting the pressure on him as well so there's a lot of pressure around those clubs as well so look it's an opportunity new manager coming in if you're not going to get confidence from that I don't know what will uh, with the way that we go, things are going don't you think it's almost like the season we're starting the season on minus four basically yeah with 23 games yeah it's, but it's it's it, it's just an appointment at the right time with the break coming into it it's giving this manager an opportunity to see the majority of his players because some are away with the World Cup and work on a lot of things to get it right and look that's what he needs but it needs sorting straight away it needs to be done straight away we've got to come back in the new year uh, firing on all yeah. cylinders we can't afford just to go out there and just go through the motions with it uh, well that's probably a bit too strong but just to go through the games and struggling the games again, I think we've got to come out and we've got to take the games to everybody. We don't matter who they are, where they are in the league, and I'm including Man City in that. We've got to go out there and perform. Man City lost the other day just by a team who's well organised, caused them problems. Ivan, uh, yeah, got a goal yeah. scorer. I wish, I wish <laughs> he got was a goal scorer. Ivan, um, I know he probably had a point to prove because he wasn't in the the squad. And but, he proved it. Yeah, yes, but we've got players coming back as well. Hopefully Jimenez comes back with confidence. Neto. Yeah, Neto coming back, um, Costa coming back as well. So hopefully we can get uh, far in on everything that we got and scoring goals. Hopefully, I'm right. um, go on. Jason. I was just going to say, effectively now we've got he's got a mini pre-season to work with in timing of the appointment and the the, the gap he's now got is perfect. 
With the Gillingham game, I think he's going to go really strong there and actually play it a similar team. It makes sense he do it. He will do yeah. to, to, to play a similar team as to what's going to face Everton, in my opinion. Um, and Everton's a massive game. It's going to be an advantage that Cody isn't playing against us. There's no one with a point to prove. They're going to have to change their formation and yeah. the way they play. Yeah. They're going to miss out on Cody. He was a, he was a, 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 leader, know, a good player, leader. a leader. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's going to go to our advantage as well. Lampard isn't the type of manager as well to start pulling them out of it. He's holding on to that job by the skin of his teeth. So, listen, hopefully that's going to be the final now. But there's no easy games. Man U, Villa, West Ham, Man City. There's no easy games. But in January, if we can strengthen by the Man City game, we might get a new striker in place by then. Yeah, but I just think at the minute, so everything is, everything's like a cup final at the minute, well, considering where we are. Completely. I think every game is a must, must win. Hey, look, take example from the England cricket team. You know... They had to win every game after losing yeah. to Ireland, yeah. and they've just won. Uh, they've, they've just won the T20. I mean, you know, when you get that momentum, belief, you can you can be turned around. It's like of like course. a switch, and it is a reset. And we're going to go in, Jason. We're going to go all the way down. Yeah. Um, we're going to go you, Manny, Paul, and then yeah. Tomo. Who's going to finish below us? QPR. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> and we should say. Gillingham, QPR, and. That comment, Michael, what was the comment you made, Michael Beal? Because uh, he hasn't stopped talking about Wolves since. For three since... weeks. Yeah, yeah. And um, they haven't won since. First to seventh. It's a shame then. <laughs> yeah, what was he saying that we was only four places above them or something yeah, ridiculous did, yeah, now yeah. once since? Now, who, who, which teams could finish below us? Look, <laughs> I just hope it's any three. Forest. Yeah. Um, well, at the minute, there's about a half dozen, isn't there? Yeah, in, in, in the mix. See, I think Southampton. Southampton are struggling. Southampton I think me. it's a risky yeah. appointment. They've, 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 they've um, uh, appointed Nathan Jones yeah. from Luton. Yeah, yeah, that's like but a mind you, Forrest have come into form a little bit. They have, Forrest have, so but Forrest don't score like us. They don't score, so are they going to keep clean sheets? Yeah, that's going to be their concern. I think, th- I, think that, I think Forrest are the most likely of the promoted yeah. sides to go down. I think Forrest, Everton and Southampton. I yeah. think um, Everton have never, ever been relegated. It's about time. Ever. Sorry, Everton. Oh, I know. Yeah. It's about time. But, but they yeah. flirt with relegation are, yeah. um, every other season, usually. But they're the, probably more likely than any other club to maybe in, in January go and, and spend a bit of money just to do preserve not, their Do you not status. think like Bournemouth, I know they've got a result, but do you not yeah. think Bournemouth will fall off at some point? Well, I went to the Bournemouth game and I, I, th- I can't believe we've never won it. Which, um, that was it. Yeah, nil-nil. So like, the amount of chances, and again, Coming down to us converting opportunities, but mm. um, I think Bournemouth will be in the mix. I think um, Leeds, Leeds Villa, no, no, not Villa, I'm only joking, yeah. but um, <laughs> Everton, I think, will be in it as yes. well. Um, There's always a club that, that slips down the table yeah. as well, you know, and, and gets dragged but, into it. But, so we, but we've, got a, we've got to score, we've yeah. got to score goals. It's as simple as that. If you're going to win any games, we've got to get that right. So, like, I know we talk about keeping clean sheets, which is great. But the biggest thing Goal for me scores. is scoring goals. Yeah. We've got to score goals. How if long we're going have you been saying that, mate? mate? We've I've been saying on podcasts for three bloody years. Hang on, did you say 30, episode three? Thirty-three, <laughs> thirty-three goals in the calendar year, right? Eight this season. Yeah, two, wrote this down. two strikers, centre forwards have scored yeah, for us this knowledge about in twenty twenty-two. A striker hasn't scored. In front of the South Bank this year. No, well, that, pre- was our, in, in the that was our league. first goal in front of the South Bank. Yeah, but that was that, that was in the cup. Yeah. We haven't scored one in the league, yeah. mate. <laughs> in the whole calendar year, 
striker you, hasn't scored in front of the South Bank. You're telling me since the 1st of January we've not scored in front of the South Bank? No, a striker hasn't. We've a scored. Ryan Eichnuri. Before that was Ruben Nevers against Watford at the 4 0 in before February. That, before that was Ted Farmer. <laughs> Ted. <laughs> Mate, that, you know when people say, oh, the crowds are down and, and they're not really singing, they're not getting behind it? We've given them nothing to sing about. You need goals. A goal is what gets people up. Yeah. Even a chance. When's the last time you had a, like a really close chance in front of the South oh. Bank? Well, you look at the Leicester game. Yeah. Leicester game. On, okay, we they had twenty four odd shots. We had they had mm. four opportunities to call four, and we've yeah. had was it twenty one? Twenty one. And I've keep, got loads, mate. And their keepers made one save. <laughs> That's something that we've got to improve on um, massively. So if you're if you're creating twenty opportunities, but their keepers only making one save. Something's drastically wrong, but you've got to improve. And, and look, again, the manager coming in, he'll know all this. He'll know what he needs to do. Yeah. He's, they've got to be making more efforts, more saves from their keeper if you're going to score goals. And it's as simple as that. I know it's simple. Well, but that's what it is. But, but, but we're all seeing the same thing. We're all saying the same thing. Everyone on social media is saying the same thing. Why can they not see that but we the, desperately the hardest, need a strike? Oh, yeah. The hardest thing in football, scoring goals. That's why, the that's why they played the big That's why he played fullback. Every, every, every team <laughs> But he still scored league. 50. He scored, we'll have some of your 50. <laughs> every team in this league needs what we want, don't they? Everybody does. Uh, what goal should in mind, Andy Thompson, 50 goals in 451 appearances. Flipping it, we'd take that, wouldn't we? We'd that's, take that. That's, that's, that's better than, than most right for a fullback. Unbelievable. It's better than Troy Ori. Yeah. <laughs> Paul, Paul, I'm going to come on to you first on this one. Obviously, you can come in with your thing on who's, who's going to finish below us, but also we're going to move on to the World Cup because it's starting and this will go yeah. out just before the World Cup. Um, we're going to talk about everyone giving how far England are going to go, who you're tipping to win and who are your dark horses. So who's going to finish below us? Southampton. Yeah. Leeds. Yeah, yeah. Forest. Yeah. Okay, season's over. Yeah. Stayed well, up. I, Thank you. You, some, you would take 17. But there are circumstances like, say, if Ivan Tony gets ruled out for the rest of the season, Bournemouth are an average team. Brentford, yeah. And if you took him out of it, um, we would really. You, you could see them slipping down as well. So, in terms of the World Cup, Gareth Southgate's overachieved in his past two major tournaments for men, final. And semi final, he's the second most successful manager for England of all time. Having said that, I don't expect us to get as far this time. Um, and if they don't get that far, they shouldn't be automatically considered as failures because it is really difficult and it's sort of known territory with it being a Winter World Cup. I know everyone's in the same boat. In terms of who's going to win it, how far are England going? Quarter final. Quarter final, right? Okay. From what I haven't studied the pathway, but I heard on the radio that there's concerns about the pathway to the. I think they could second. They could get Spain in the 16 or something like yeah. that. Yeah, and you mentioned Spain. I think they could be a, a contender because I think it will be very dependent on who can control games, potentially in the heat as well. And I think they were very impressive in the Euros um, in that particular area of the pitch. Okay. Brazil will be the favourites for me. So you're going in for them to win. Brazil. They are the favourites, aren't they? Yeah, okay. I mean, uh, in I, Argentina. Think, I think it's hard to look beyond Brazil as a as a favourite, but I could see Spain causing problems, France, and I think the Dutch are a much better team as well than the, than they were in previous tournaments. Without having even qualified, have they in previous ones? So they could be a potential 
they've got to do better than last time then. Italy, yeah. no, not being there as well, which was for the second uh, time running as well, which is obviously they, they didn't qualify. Money, England, yeah, how far? You know what, England just, it's forever they seem to have had a, like a, you know, a pool full of players that are always called the golden bloody generation, <laughs> but yet they just don't go that, you know, final step. And, and players like Sterling and Kane and, you know, these, this is their final chance, isn't it? They ain't going to get, you know, they've been to the, the, the final and we know lost on penalties in the Euros. So, you know, maybe they've got something to prove. I think it's the most open World Cup I can possibly remember. Yeah. I don't think there's one side that is completely and utterly dominating. France, usually, but they've lost all their midfielders. They're all out injured. So they've got good attackers and good defenders. Yeah, but they're, 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 they've got, yeah, Kante, Pogba, you know, their midfield's decimated. Um, it's hard to win back-to-back -back Yeah, back-to-back well. -back World Cup. So Brazil are probably the favourites. England, I'd say, you know, quarter-finals, semis at a push. I can't see much. I think Qatar, it's an unknown place. Maybe the conditions, the atmosphere. It's going to be bloody weird. They're not a footballing country. They don't support football like... You know, you know, it's 40, it. apparently 47 miles from the most northern state. Oh yeah, it's all next to door to each other. You could walk. Like you could walk all of them. Yeah. You probably <laughs> walk. You could many. <laughs> no, um, you know. So I think that will that will be a big thing for a, a team to maybe acclimatise to. It's still hot there. Y yes, it's winter, but it's still hot. They've got air conditioning in the stadiums. I mean, that's yeah. weird, isn't it? Oh, they've got yeah. air conditioning in the stadium, but they have. They're all like you know very high tech places, and but I just don't. It just seems like a, a World Cup that I'm not really that bothered about because it's not a traditional footballing nation holding it. It was always you know a hotbed of football that held the World Cup. You know, South, apparently America, only three thousand England fans going as well. Right, I, I, they, they, you see those videos are released today. Those renter crowds. So they've done this promotional video, and they've dressed up local people in Qatar as England fans, as Spain, Spanish fans, as Dutch fans, then they're all like singing and dancing rent about. Rent a fan? Yeah, like rent a, uh, honestly. Wouldn't they pay money for pl uh, fans to fans, go there Yeah, they're paying money or something, they're they're locals as well, to make sure they fill up the crowds and everything, because they're a bit worried. After. So it's a bit of a weird Anyone one. Anyone think money had changed hands? Yeah, oh, yeah, I know. But he <laughs> said blatter. So, you know, um, England, quarterfinals, um, I'll tip... Um, Brazil to probably win it. You know, they've got the pedigree and they, they always do well. Dark horses, Uruguay, watch out. Uruguay. Their forward line. Darwin Nunes has just hit absolute form for Liverpool. And they've got a, three or four very good attackers and one. some really good defenders. So They yeah. have got some history World Cup wise going And they like to put a, put a tackle in, don't they? They do. <laughs> Jason? For me, I can't see past Mexico because I've been watching them train on social media <laughs> for the past fucking three weeks. Is that the only one you watch? <laughs> yeah, it's the only one. just keeps coming up. Mexican Real Jimenez. Um, now, Brazil, I think, personally. I, I'm not really a huge, huge fan of international football. Um, but, yeah, I do think Brazil, um, with regards to England, yeah, quarterfinals. Can't really see them going past that. Um, next question. Um Dark horses. Dark horses. Um, dark horses. Probably Wales. <laughs> probably England. Um, yeah, probably probably Spain. Spain. Yeah. Tommy. Um, yeah, I think that you can't look past the the two 
South American countries, can you? Brazil, Argentina. Um, I think that's been predicted as the final, haven't they? Somebody said. Mm. Um, back in time, but it? yeah, but I think that the Dutch have got a good squad. Mm. Um, so that's going to be interesting with them. Um, the Spanish, I think, will be interesting because they'll be there or thereabouts. So that'll probably be my dark horse team, the, Sp- uh, the Spain team. So look, you can't look past, like I said, the two South American countries. I'm hoping that England can get a little bit further in the quarterfinals because then you can have a little bit of luck. Um, and get to the final. Yeah, because oh, yeah. we've, got, we've, got, we've got the talent. There's no doubt about it. And everybody's in the same boat with um, what's going on with the air-conditioned yeah. stadiums and the heat and everything because of dry heat different to a lot of the countries as well so look you need a little bit of luck to win these competitions as you do um, but I hope that we get to the final hope and hopefully Portugal get absolutely spanked in the group and fall back out <laughs> now I generally want Portugal to do well on the one side because but then we get them back they, though if they go out in no. the group stages then we, we do get back 3-0 do you see I know never doesn't play a minute so I think I'm going to go I'm going to go because I'm going to go more with hope because I, I always go every game with the Wolves going with hope and then yeah. Yeah, I hope we can get to the final I think Denmark are a team um, you know they've got a proper yeah, it's difficult, to beat, difficult to beat. They were yeah. good in the um, Euros. Yeah, they were yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, good one that. Yeah. So Denmark and no one's mentioned Belgium. You know, I think they've gone you know, past their, their, have they their, gone past their golden generation? They, now? They're, they're they're not gold. They're like pensioners now, aren't they? They've gone. <laughs> they're like bloody. They were, went past gold in a few years. They ago. had their moment. They've, they've got Lukaku up front. Still. I'm in trouble. Kevin De Bruyne <laughs> is like. They've got. They possibly got. They possibly got the best player. In the World Cup, you know, in Kevin De Bruyne, he's yeah. just sensational. It's just a shame he's he blamed for them. I think, you know, um, uh, as opposed to England. It's about, yeah, I mean, they—they—they—they had opportunity to come in the last one, didn't it? Yeah, yeah and they didn't—they no. didn't take it. Well, we have got some Q and A's, a couple of questions, and this one is going to go to our resi- resident psychologist. Psychologist, where? Yeah, that will be We cool. need to see one of them. <laughs> How is, will the mindset Dr. of the Paul players Mansell. change under Lepetogi? Well, I think it's absolutely critical that it does for us to achieve any success because your mindset affects your thoughts, your feelings, your behaviours. And I think when you are an elite manager like him, he's able to alter their mindset to be more more confident. Straight away, when he walks into that dressing room and addresses the players, he's not going to have to necessarily convince them that much to buy into his vision and his plan because he is an elite coach. He's been there and he's done it. He's won the Europa League. He's managed his country. So I think in, in terms of changing his mindset, changing the players' mindset, he's got to make them believe that we can score goals, that we can stop up. And that might be difficult at first because you can't expect him to come in and we win three or four on the bounce straight away. It might be that we really start an upturn in February or March. As long as he can keep them in contact with those teams above. About improving the performances and then the results will come. Yeah, but he's really got to make them believe that they're that they're good enough and a prime example of that is I don't think they put the ball in the box because they don't believe that the people in there will score so I think that's something that they can that they can work on the ball doesn't even go in the box because they think what's the point who's going to get hold of it who's our lethal marksman 
I mean, what a mentality to have for a Premier League football <laughs> club. They don't want to put the ball in the box for they that don't. reason. You see them hesitating. Hesitation, yeah. The yeah. extra yeah. pass. Do you think there's hesitation when they shoot as well? Like yeah. we yeah. got into positions yeah. where they like want to make a perfect shot. That's a confidence. Yeah. That's a confidence yeah. thing yeah. for Costa me. Against Crystal yeah. Palace was a prime. Had that extra touch, didn't he? Of that, and I just scored. Then I just think that's like. When you when you're low on confidence or low on goals, whatever it is, especially in that top third, where the, you're not going to get time and space, we want an extra touch, we want an extra second, we whatever it is. It's gone in the Premier you, League. You can't do it. You can't no. do it. You can't do it in the yeah, no. especially in the Premier League. So look, and, and and that's been our big problem is we've got to take the safe option by having that another touch just to set things up, or another pass to set things up. It's got to be instinctive. You watch a lot of the teams who score against us or score in the Premiership. Everything just comes to them natural. They'll just hit it early, and it puts yeah. the goalkeeper yeah. off, defenders off. By just hitting some, the goal the other night um, by Traore, the reason why he's beat the keeper, it's come to him. It's his Bang. first time. Yes. yes, and he did it again against yeah. Arsenal. It went past the post, but it was another. Yeah. He hasn't he took, took a shot. He hasn't. But also, as well, the keeper, the keeper going at set. It's not no. set because yeah. he's waiting for you to have that touch. Once you've had that touch. Which we we've done time and time again. Mm. They get themselves set, and all of, course, of a sudden, yeah. then it's a more difficult. As the ball's coming <coughs> across, the keeper's moving. But what he's done, he's hit it, and he knows he's got to take off from wherever he is, the keeper. But he's a great strike he's in the roof of the net, and that and that's the difference between scoring and missing opportunities for me all season. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we've kind of talked about the formation, so I'm going to scratch that one. The, the last one is. Uh, a, question here how many points are uh, Wolves going to end up on and I'll add another thing is, and what 40 position, <laughs> and what position are we going to end up right, on, you know what here's a stat I know all my stats have been <laughs> depressing you Julian Lopetegui's lowest points per game in a season is 1.43 we need 1.33 to get to 40 points so he has got some stats so, so actually he wrote any I haven't wrote all up there, it's all up there mate you know so he's actually he can perform the worst he's ever performed with a side and still get us to 40 points so he's got the pedigree to get points per game so that's a, that's a positive stat you know um, yeah it is and um uh, so can I think on the radio, I, can't you? If, if, Mike, we, if we, Mike, we, Mike will be impressed. I'm going to write this down. Man is going. If if we if we if he carries on in that vein, even with a struggling side, we're going to get we're going to end up with about 43 points, and that 40. will keep us up. Right, what position? Um, 16. 16th. 16th. Uh, Jason. I'm, gonna I'm really recording that deep. I, I, I did hear the other day we've got to win seven or eight games, and the way we've been playing, you can't see where seven or eight wins are coming from in the remainder of the season. But in Lopetegui, Lopetegui, whatever we call him, so I don't think any of us have said it the same way twice yet. JLo. JLo. In JLo, we trust. Um, I mean, hearing that stat actually fill, fills me with a lot of confidence, Manny. Yeah, well, thank you for that. Yes, you actually I, I had to. All I was depressing you. Jason, I was depressing you. I'm a glass half full happy clapper. Yeah. Uh, and, and I've really turned sour. But no, um, I, I, I firmly believe he's going to keep us up. You take 17th all day at this stage in the season. Not what you're doing 17th. 17th, yeah. I don't particularly want. Wanted. That's unless QPR obviously overtake us in the last game of the season. <laughs> how many points? Magically. Oh, how many points? It could be low. I think 39. We might not need 40. Yeah, I don't think we will. I'll go, yeah, I'll, I don't think we will. I'll go for the magic 4 0. 4 0. Tomo? Yeah, I'm going around there as well. I think uh, 16th, 17th. 
Uh, anything better than that, it's a plus. Yeah. Um, but I don't really care as long as we, we're not 18, <laughs> we 19, or 20. Yeah. I don't care. So, look, we've got we're, not, we're not distant. We yeah. cannot we, go we can't go. We're not distant away from everybody. Um, we just need to hit a little bit of form. Um, and look, I'm hoping that his experience is going to get this team up there. But I think, yeah, 39, 40 points. 39 or 40. And if your passport's, I'll have 39. If your passport's running out of date, I wouldn't rush to get it renewed. Not yet. <laughs> Paul, I'll say 40 points. Yeah. And I'll say 16th as well. So that's... We need to take 30 points to reach that from 23 matches. And if, and if you look at the, the manager with his track record, if you look at the squad that we've got here, and we will add to it, I'm sure, as well, is it beyond the realms of possibility that we could get that? And I don't think it isn't. So I mean, what a different chat we're all having to at the start oh of the season. Man, we were I mean, finishing I was top saying eight we, and... we had 40 points by Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> so if you go 16th, yeah. I'm going to go... 46 points what? and we're finishing 14th. Bloody old Dave. Right. Dave's always right. How would you put in on that, Dave? Uh, that's going to happen, mate. Yeah. I'm putting, I've, I've been thinking, I think, you'll you know get, I think you'll get good odds at the bookies. You know what, you're going to have 4,000 to one. When you look at eight, nine wins, that sounds like, oh my God, how are we going to get that? But you beat Gillingham, you're in the quarterfinals of the, the Cup. You don't get three points yeah, for that no, one, No, mate. no, 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 but, but, <laughs> but, but, how good are your stats? But, but, hear me out, and you go to Everton and if we get a win there you imagine the atmosphere at home against Manchester oh, United yeah. New Year's Eve. having won a couple of matches yeah. with our manager's first Premier League game at home and then suddenly those after that game possibly we only need to win another six more by then, so you know Piers Morgan would have fully tapped Ronaldo's <laughs> phone so he definitely won't be playing that night no. it's going to be a New Year's Eve massacre for United on that one and we're going to go in get rid of this Anna's horrible year which it has been Yes. and we're going to start 2023 on a roll on a bang and it's going to be a much better season and we're going to fingers crossed we've got to stay in the division whatever happens oh, we've got to stay up you know final thoughts uh, Manny we'll go it's been a horrendous we couldn't have uh, imagined a worse 15 game spell lost your manager no strikers can't score three red bottom cards. of the league three red cards it's, it's, oh, yeah. it couldn't have been so from that point there's only actually one direction because you can't well you hope you can't go you can't there's nothing else below us there is apart from QPR apart from QPR in this league there's nothing else below us we have to be confident you look at all the other managers they still look at our team and they think Neves Nunes Martinho, you know, they think, bloody hell, yeah. what's happening at Wolves? So hopefully the change was that we just didn't have a manager that was able to bring the best out of our mm. players, and now we have that we'll change it around, and those teams do fear us, you know. Yeah. They just can't believe we're down there. Paul? I feel a lot better with the managerial appointment, and I hope the darkest hour has already passed. Maybe that 4-0 defeat at home to Leicester when the fans are... Meltdown. Yeah, yeah, maybe that was the rock bottom. I think one thing to add caution is, like I just said, you know, don't expect. It'd be great if you did achieve some overnight success. You do see a new manager. Have patience. Bounce. Yeah, if as long as we're still in touch with these teams above us and in striking distance, then there's 23 games. That's quite a lot. I don't want to wait to the last season. one. 
God's sake. Can you imagine? <laughs> I've had, I, I actually have had an epiphany. Arsenal going for the title no, and we need a point. No, I've had an epiphany. Oh, bloody Last match day. of the season, Arsenal need a point to, to win the league. Wolves need a point to stay over. It's going to be like Blackburn all over again. Just pass the ball to each other. Do you remember that? That was a weird situation, that was. Jason? I'm just so hopeful now. J-Lo's took the helm. So I'm quite excited about the remainder of the season. I think we're going to see a completely different style of football. I think that in turn is going to transition into the stands and we're going to see Wolves being a, a nice, bubbly, happy, buoyant, joyous place again. And, yeah, I think there's going to be a positive end to, this, to the season. Um, World Cup break for Wolves couldn't come at a better time. It's, uh, you know, I don't think we're going to see a World Cup like this again. And, yeah, we're going to have a, a good end to the season. Fantastic. Final words uh, to the, the legend himself, <laughs> Tomo. Um, I just think that it's an opportunity now that we've got a manager an elite manager that everybody's gone on about, um, knows his job well, um, that he's going to come in and he's going to sort things out. Look, it might take time, uh, but unfortunately we haven't got the time. So I think that he knows what is needed for us to stay up and what's needed for us to win games. And that's what he's going to focus on, getting us up the league, getting results and making sure that we get those precious wins that we need. Absolutely. And guys, I hope you've really enjoyed uh, this podcast, 100 podcasts up for the uh, for Always World, which is a fantastic achievement. Uh, massive thank you to uh, Manny, Paul, Jason and Tomo. Uh, really, really appreciate it. Uh, enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. Really spe- We've been absolutely enjoyed having, having you on and hopefully you can come on again at some point. It would be amazing. And just remember, Wolves' motto is, Out of darkness cometh light. The Julian Lopetegui era has started. The light is coming. Always walks. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates are already booked in for double dipping and you're still the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.